0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Bear Wansnett. He is the world champion surfer, certified ninja black belt, a sought-after speaker. Bear is also a Benedictine oblite and author of several books, including A Surfer's Guide to the Soul. And the book that we're going to be talking about today, The Twelve Rules of Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone, Uh, put out by Sophia Institute Press. And Bear, thanks for joining us today.
1: Aloha, Deacon. Glad to be with you.
0: Well, really, really did enjoy the book. And I'm a big John Wayne fan and watched, you know, I have almost all his movies. So you had several quotes in there from from the Duke. So you had my attention at the very beginning. But, uh, you know, the book is... um, really a good reminder, because when you look at men today, there's been this feminization, right? They've they've allowed themselves to, really, that attack on the patriarchy has taken its toll because men haven't stood up to be who they've been called to be. And when you read this book, it does remind us, hey, we have a lot of examples of what it looks like to be a man in our past. And I mean, there's still some today, but not near what it used to be, is there?
1: I like what you said, too. So many times I'll hear men say, well, you know, the feminist movement has pushed us out and Hollywood makes fun of us and women have taken over the church. It, they all sound like they're victims. But the way you said it was, we've allowed this to happen. We've allowed to be relegated, you know, to being the provincial buffoon, the brunt of jokes. And uh, it's not that we're victims at all. We've allowed by our advocating our responsibility as we say in Hawaii, our kuleana, uh, it's it's left a vacuum. And where there's a vacuum, something's got to fill it. I'm, I'm really glad to hear you, you've framed that situation the way that you did.
0: Well, I mean, all we have to do is look in the mirror, right? If men have stood up like they should have, this whole world would be a different place, right? Instead, you, know, you see men wearing dresses on magazines and We see, you know, guys more willing to play video games than to be the father or the husband that they're called to be. We've allowed pornography, all these things. And you talk about a lot of these things in the book, right? Mm. But none of these, we're not victims of circumstance. We all make choices in life. And when we make the wrong choices, we see the destruction of the family starts because the head of the family has allowed himself to be taken out.
1: One of the first most cowardly things a man can do is to pursue uh, sex outside of marriage. It's a cowardly act. Um, women used to be very careful about who they s- slept with because they knew uh, that they might be, have become a mother and they needed to be able to count on a man to be there and stand by them. And so you see this cowardly act of men. Oh, I, you know, Thomas, Thomas Aquinas basically defined uh, Uh, an effeminate man is a man who takes no responsibility and just seeks pleasure. That's his definition of an effeminate man. And that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing men that don't take responsibility. You know, St. John Paul II's first writings were love and responsibility. And John Wayne says, you know, for a boy to be a man, he needs to take on responsibility, a kuleana. When you take on your kuleana, your responsibility, you're really taking on your talos, your purpose, the, 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 soul that god the father infused in your in into your body at the moment of conception that unique spiritual rational soul that 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 uh that male rational soul has a calling and that calling you will find within responsibility and as you pursue responsibility you find fulfillment and if you don't all you find is bondage and confusion and so when a man uh leads on a girl you know like They talk about that whole that in high school, you say, oh, I not I because I always respected women. But but you'll say goes, oh, I dated that girl. I took her out, but she won't put out. She's just a big tease. The biggest coquettish teases in the world today are are man boys who lead a girl on. If you love me, you'll have sex with me. You don't have to be married for me to know you love you and and uh, never have a commitment. And then the worst of it is, is when the girl gets pregnant, this is what the man boys say, you know, I'm here to support whatever you decide 100%. That's what they say. And if the girl knows that's a weak guy that's going to disappear on me in a heartbeat, I better get an abortion. If men, if men wouldn't have sex outside of marriage, if men, when a, when a woman did become pregnant, we'll go to her and say, no matter what it takes, I'm going to be with you. Carry this baby to full term, and you can raise it, and I'll raise it with you, or maybe we get married. Or maybe we would put it up for adoption, but I'm going to stand with you in this moment that I help bring along as being a a, a a a weak effeminate man. But instead, you see um, men just saying, "Oh, I'll support you, whatever you do." And so, abortion after abortion takes place. So, uh, men, um, wherever we go, Cindy and I, when we go speak to, uh, you know, we do do a lot of speaking at radio show galas and things like that. Before we even get out of our car. Or they see it. The women will see us. We're getting our stuff out of the trunk of the car. We'll have a, a dozen or more women surround us immediately, and their words to us are: "Tell the men we want, we need them to be men again." Mm-hmm. It's not machismo. It's laying. It's servant leadership. It's just laying down your life. You know, when reading these Louis L'Amour westerns, which I love so much, and I quote him a lot too. <laughs> in His books, the men were all virtuous, and the women were strong. Which is very rare. Back in the day, women weren't portrayed as being strong in the in the books, but they were always strong. But that didn't mean they didn't sometimes find themselves in a vulnerable place. and needed a man to step up. So the women who are listening, the book is 12 Rules for Manliness, Where have all the cowboys gone? Be the first to order it from Amazon and put it in your in your your son's hands and your in your husband's hands. Send it to your brother, your brother-in-law's. Um, because I'll tell you that the, the way this word gets to the men is usually via the women. Just leave this book on the dining room table. See if your husband picks it up. Give it to your well, son before he goes to high school or college.
0: Yeah. And the reminder is, right, we're supposed to be providers, protectors, leaders in our family. And when we don't do that, you were just talking about giving it to our sons, right? We're not modeling for our sons what a man is, right? If they don't oh, well. have that modeling. And even for our daughters, right? We want our, our daughters, daughters to exactly. Events. When we abdicate our responsibility and don't live lives of virtue, which you talk about throughout the book, then we set a bad, we don't set any example or a bad example. And then we wonder why our kids turn out the way they turn out or who they, pick who they pick.
1: Where men leave a vacuum, demons rush in. It's not just that something else, it doesn't matter. Demons rush in and take their place. And I agree with you. I want women to read this book too, especially young women, too, so they understand what a real man is, so that they don't settle for for something. You know, the wild, wild west was uh, wild, wild, wild until the women came out, and then they challenged those men to to uh, be men of virtue. And and but that 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 uh, that need for and the 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 call to virtue. This isn't a self help book. This isn't, isn't like Dante's inward downward spiral of self centeredness that brings you know brings you through purgatory. I mean, brings you into hell. This is about being God-centered and others-centered. We have to be autonomous. We have to know ourselves, know that God created you and has a beautiful, powerful plan for our lives. But we pursue that purpose by laying it down, by giving giving uh, the gifts and skills and abilities and the strength that's inherent and the heroic call that's inherent in every man to to, to lay that down in servant leadership.
0: You do a, an excellent job in the book talking about that. and And, you know, look, it like every cowboy was was a great model, but they did have a code, right? They did their word meant something. I mean, what they you know, they were the protectors. They did have a lot of virtues in their life. And so you talk about, you know, some of the models you had growing up and and you talk mm-hmm. about how important it is. And that's what I like. You go through these different set, you know, you know, we had a, they had a code, right? Had, that they lived by. Yeah.
1: They're you know, most cowboy people don't, yeah. don't even know what a code is right now, right? I mean, they, they read your book but as I was writing my book, I got to know Catholic Cowboy priest, Father Bryce Lundgren. I said, you got to talk to Sophia. He got his book out, written and done before I got mine done, The Catholic Cowboy Way. There, it's not like they used to be that way. There still are cowboys. You're one of those cowboys, I can tell. But we need to have a creed. A creed is, for me, my creed, our, my ministry creed is the most radical quest you can pursue in life is to abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. That's my creed. But then I have a code like these chapter titles, like "Ride for the brand or be a man of your word or be dangerous. Don't make a stand bridle your passion. Let good things run wild. These different chapter headings are are the code, uh, how you will implement your creed. Every man should take the time to sit down and really develop a one sentence or two sentence creed, because the Catholic catechism says, if you live a life of virtue, you will live a life of ease. And what that means is easy decisions. You don't mm-hmm. have to be clever or complicate things. You know who you ride for. You know what you stand for. You know what the Catholic teaching is. You know what virtue is. And if you pursue it, it's easy to find the right path. If you want to get clever and connive and get your, get out of responsibility, that's when things get complicated. And when you do take on responsibility, that doesn't mean there's not always hard times or there aren't sometimes difficult times. But you're sure not adding to the mess by your lack of virtue. And, you know, there's that saying, soft men make for tough times. That's where we are right now. Soft men make for soft times. Tough times make for tough men. Tough men make for soft times. Soft times make for for soft men. We need our men to be strong. And I mean physically strong, too. Men need to be in shape. Are you able to outlast someone for two minutes in a fight if someone assaults you and your wife? Are you in mm-hmm. the last work 30 seconds? So when when, pe- when men come to deepadventure.com and they join the Man Cave, which is a non-Facebook community, and then our three-year uh, school of manliness, the very first thing that happens with them is that they begin to get in shape physically. You know, we, we challenge each other in our in our prayer life, in our life of virtue, but one of the greatest things about getting in shape physically is you can work virtue in as you're working out. The, 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 you know, the virtue of... Of fortitude, of prudence, and all these things come into play. So, uh, a man needs to be dangerous. A man needs to be able to defend his family. He needs to be able to be able to run counterculturally. He needs to be able to stand up and say, "I know I won't be part of the rainbow committee this year. I'm I'm a Christian. It's against my principles." And you know what? You may not get the next job promotion, but you've made a stand for Christ. Something that has eternal benefits for you and the people who witness you and then you need to be able to go to spiritual battle you need to be able to pray over your children uh, you know have holy water in your house and bless your home you need to go in go out and pray and intercede for your children when there's a challenge in their lives we need da- you know you know what the most dangerous thing a man can do the most dangerous of all prayers is thy will be done Just say mm-hmm. it to God every morning thy will be done. That's a dangerous prayer. It might be dangerous for you, but you know what's really dangerous for is the demonic kingdom. And you talk about that, right? You
0: talk about, you know, how the devil has attacked the patriarchy and unfortunately has done a heck of a job because we've allowed him to do that. When we abdicate our responsibility, it's well written if you talk to exorcists or different people. When the father's right. not strong, the devil takes advantage of that situation within the family. And if there's a strong male presence in the family, He's going to look elsewhere because he's going to have a much more difficult time trying to, you know, subvert that family from Christ where they're where they're heading anyway.
1: Well, you know, Satan's a father. Jesus said he's the father of lies, but God the Father is who we as men we have the honor of being called father. Our heavenly Father procreates. You know, he eternally begot his son. He he, he infuses in us a spiritual soul at the moment of conception. God the Father uh, is a father, we're to be fathers too. And you know, there's that statistic that people, it's such an amazing statistic that says when a woman takes the children to church alone, about a third of those children will remain in the faith. When a man and a woman take them together, the statistics is over 75%, maybe something like 67, 70% or something in that range. But when only the father takes them, guess what? The statistic doesn't change much. It's still about 70%. The key factor is the father. Mm -hmm. Is he a waypoint? Is he a navigational waypoint? Is he a lighthouse on the hill that can't be moved? When the children begin to to wander a little bit, is, is the father still, can they still count on him to be making a stand for Jesus and to make a moral stand so that at least they know how far they've wandered From the truth.
0: You do an excellent job going through that book and talking about all this, but the ultimate model is Christ. And we don't want to ever lose track of of who our real model is because talk about a strong man. He he was afraid of no one. He told people exactly, you know, what he needed to tell them and he didn't shy away. And then he gives us Saint Joseph, right? The the perfect model for a husband and you know, a hard worker who took care of the family and did what he had to do. So We have all the models. We have all the examples we need. We just have to really ask ourselves and, you know, talk about cowboys, right? Pick ourselves up by our bootstrap. Are we going to be who the Lord's called us to be? Or are we going to, you know, shrink away and
1: let what's been
0: happening in the world continue to happen?
1: And then live a miserable lives ourselves, because if you're not fulfilling God's plan for your life, you're miserable. And we pull ourselves up by our our bootstraps. That is true. The miracle is, though, the minute we turn our attention to say, God, yes. I will be done. It's more than just us pulling up our bootstraps. There's the power that, you know, of the Holy Spirit to give us grace and that personal relationship with Jesus. You know, Paul's favorite word, it wasn't love. It wasn't even Jesus. His favorite word was dynamis. His favorite word was dynamite. His favorite word is the word we use for power. God is God is the most, you know, he created the whole universe. And when, when God comes into your soul, you don't get a part of God. When you when you're baptized, and God is in this temple of, of you, of your body and who you are in your soul, it's not like you get a little slice of God. All of God is there with you. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit can't be bifurcated. He's all infused into your soul. The God of the universe, who made black holes and dinosaurs, and 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 the, you know the whole the whole universe is in you. And so ask him, Lord, I'm having a challenge with pornography. You got to help me fight this Lord. you and me, Lord, you know, I'll go to communion. I'll go to confession. I'll receive the graces. But, Lord, it's because of my love for you more than anything that I'll conquer this. And I'm going to conquer it by not by my not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so a man can't do this by self-help. A man's got to do this by being in a personal day to day, ongoing relationship of loving God back. You talk about, you know, being dangerous, make a
0: stand, right? I mean, we need to, we need to, you know, make that stand and say, you know, that's it. Today I'm turning my life to Christ and I'm going to be who he's called us to be, or called me to be, because imagine that our, you know, at our judgment, the Lord says, I gave you this beautiful family. I gave you X, Y, and Z. And what did you do, right? You shrunk mm-hmm. from the responsibility and you allowed the world to bring up your family and,
1: and look at your family, right? The breach in the wall goes right through people's living room, and men need to step into the breach. In Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah is so cool when that prophet came back to Jerusalem after, I forget how many years, like 70 years in exile. And he saw that the walls of Jerusalem were crumbling, and he challenged the men to rebuild the walls. And they rebuilt the wall. If you read it, it it talks about how one family at a time, kind of in a clockwise way, rebuilt this this man and his family rebuilt this wall. This man and his family rebuilt this part. This man and his family, the domestic church, rebuilt this part. But they didn't do it isolated from the other men. When the enemy came and attacked, and while one man worked, another man would stand with a shield and a spear to protect him. And when someone carried their supplies up the wall, they they did it with their with their with their sword drawn. Men need to have other men around them to encourage them, to challenge them, to embolden them. Um, you know, I, I used to have a cabin up in Montana. I'm gonna remind the book, it's 12 rules for manliness where have all the cowboys got. And there are a lot of cowboys up there in Montana. I had a, a cabin that I built with my sons about two miles from Canada, a mile from Glacier Park. And when I first walked out on my land before there was any road, I saw a, a, lone, a wolf uh, across the meadow, it had those fiery green eyes. And I would see this wolf from time to time. It always looked angry, but it looked a little bit scrawny, like not very healthy. And about five months later, I was in I was at my cabin, you know, in the fall, like the first snow had come, the leaves were gone. The birds had flown south or the bears had had, had hibernated. And so it was extremely quiet. Even if there was a breeze, it was quiet, so quiet that you would maybe only hear your your heartbeat, or maybe you thought you heard a sound and you didn't inside your head. And I heard I heard someone uh, talking. I thought, I must, I must be imagining things. I looked out and here comes this, this guy. He's hiking towards my cabin, very, very remote. And I asked him who he was. He said, oh, I'm a professor at Missoula. I'm, I'm tracking APEC predators. I'm one of the guys that put those radio callers on the bears and the mountain lions, and I go. Well, what about this 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 wolf here that I've been seeing around here every now and then? He goes, Well, that is an alpha male wolf that was the leader of the pack and got pushed out. And he, if he's not in a pack, he's going to die young. That's the, the the egotistical male that says, "I'm a lone wolf. I don't need to be in the company of other men." Is kidding himself. He's going to get be he's going to get weak and scrawny, and he's going to die young. You know, the, the malachites used to always attack the stragglers. If you're not part of a, a, a community of men, maybe it's just three other guys that you have breakfast with once a week, that, that are devoted to the Lord, or maybe it's a that man as you program, or maybe it's our our mancavedeepadventure.com. Uh, but if you're not part, if you're not joined with other men that are that are encouraging you and challenging you and and leading and by example, uh, then you're going to die. You're you're going to you're going to be a very anemic Christian. The devil licks his chops, right, when we separate ourselves and and keep
0: ourselves by ourselves because we're going to do it all and we know everything. Well, we're never going to put ourselves in an uncomfortable position so that we will grow, right? We need that challenge that not only does the Lord give us, but that, you know, those men in our lives that can help be that example and and push us to those areas of discomfort that actually become strengths instead of weaknesses because we follow that.
1: Amen. Amen. It is true that the men need each other and if there isn't a men's group in your in your church go ahead and start one get two other guys and start going to coffee with them once a week early in the morning so you don't take time from your family and then think about starting one of the the, one of the programs a lot of guys do exodus 90 together or the king's men by mark hulk or, or our own thing the school of manliness start a men's group it only has it only takes three men to do that and so if you don't and you don't go there and talk about politics and you don't talk about politics you don't have to talk about sports only just a little bit now that colorado's part of the big 12 now and i went to baylor so welcome it's prime time dudes, coming to the big 12 we're excited about that but yeah a little bit of sports is okay but no politics Because all that does get people angry and talk about opinions and never do anything. Talk about what's going on with your, how do you love, how do you love your son? How is loving your son different than loving your daughter? What is your prayer life like? How do you deal with the attack of pornography? Get real. When I was younger, I was so prideful. I didn't want to show anybody my weaknesses. I pretty much figured out people know them anyway. And, And by the way, we're all bozos on the same bus. You know, get over yourself and, and get with a group of men that that get gritty and real and will encourage you. We need that. Right. I mean, we to,
0: to go in isolation, as we mentioned, is, you know, the, is the kiss of death. And so this book does remind us of not only having a code, but being strong and watch some Western. Right. Just go watch and see yeah. how Read men many Louis Louis more Re-
1: Westerns. Yeah. Westerns to your sons and your daughters. Yeah. Uh, you know, the great the men's groups are like the Cave of Adullam. Remember when David was on the run from King Saul? Yeah. He was annoyed that, the king was, that King Saul was still there. The Bible says a bunch of misfits, basically, gathered in the Cave of Adullam. And Stephen Ray, who you may know, wrote Cross Crossing the Tiber. A friend of mine yeah. was in Istanbul and bringing me back to the Catholic Church. Uh, he says he's discovered the Cave of Adullam. But you know what was in the Cave of Adullam was a bunch of misfits. But they all got in that cave together and they formed each other and God formed them and they became King David's mighty men of valor. As Song of Song refers to them, every man expert with the sword, the word of God.
0: Really, throughout the book, right? Christ continually gets brought up, living lives of virtue. So we hear about cowboys in the cowboy way, but the ultimate cowboy is Christ and the ultimate guide is Christ. And we never want to take our eyes off of him. And you know, talk about just we have about a couple minutes to go, but just the importance of prayer in men's lives. If they're going to lead their families and they say they don't pray, it's never going to happen,
1: is it? Yeah, you know, in Hawaii, looking out right now, we had advisory level surf, you know, up here about 10 days ago. We had that, that hurricane pass us by that caused all those fires. Um, and as the surf came up, fewer and fewer people paddled out. And on the beach, people will be wearing these shirts by Abercrombie and Fitch. They sell them at the store here that says Lifeguard on them. And you know what? They're they're posers and, and they don't they they don't know how to serve or if they do they certainly don't paddle out on a big day. Well, men who don't spend time with the Lord but call themselves Christians are posers and they're the worst kind of advertisement for Jesus because people think, oh that's what a Christian is. You know, he, he doesn't have the grace to be uh to love and to have joy. He's he tends to be kind of angry. He uh he does, you know, he doesn't care about people, he doesn't put other people first. But if you spend time with Jesus, you begin to love others for the sake of Jesus. You're so in love with him that you want to, you know, I hate to tell to you the way it is, but when you're on, like, I'm in a rush to get in the line at the coffee shop before the next person, all of a sudden I realize, oh, Jesus loves them as much as he loves me. Maybe I should let him go first. It's the littlest and the biggest things like that, right? So we yeah. need to have need to be men of prayer. And as a Catholic church, we have the liturgy of the hour. We have a uh, mass, we have the rosary. And for me, frankly, you know, lately I've had this beautiful experience of I go out in the water and I tread water for an hour out beyond the waves, and my wife will come out with me for maybe half the time or maybe a little bit longer. But when she goes in, I my time of contemplative prayer, and I just say that I just say the name of God the Father, or the God the Son. I just say their name. I just tell them I, you know, in, and I say it often in the in the I say makua when I speak of God the Father because. As a man, most, most men have a father wound, and I had a great father. But nevertheless, I think of God the Father as being kind of stern. But when I when I use the Hawaiian word for for God the Father or or, or Jesus, Keiki means means son, or or a Jesus means Jesus, or I may hem, Hemalele Uhana Hemalele means Holy Spirit. I soften the harshness of the word Father as it sometimes grabs me, and we'll just right. say the word Makua. You know, I'm not. I'm not able to say dad or say daddy or Abba like Jesus did. But a lot of men struggle with, "Does God the Father really love me, or is He being stern and upset with me?" You know. So find a way to seek God's face. Uh, the Jesus prayer. We pray as the Benedictine oblates here. Jesus, Lord, Jesus, Son of the Living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I, I wear, you know, the the Jesus rope that the Eastern monks wore, uh, and I. It's it's a hundred little knots. And I just pray, Jesus, Lord, Jesus, Son of the living God have mercy on me a sinner. But really, I just start just saying the name of Jesus or here on my wrist, I have the Benedictine or exorcism, you know, rosary. So when I'm in the water, wherever I am, I always have my prayer beads <laughs> I have the rosary I have. So just to say the name of Jesus. And of course, today, I don't know when this will air, but it's the assumption of Mary, just to have a, a love and just to, just to pray a Hail Mary and just to acknowledge Mary and ask her for her intercession in our lives. So spend time just, you know, reading is important. There's so many great books that you can lead you into a dialogue with God. Um, the Bible, of course, uh, sometimes more recent books, like hopefully mine can do that for people, or reading Augustine or something like that. But. Develop a personal relationship with Jesus. This is just a head knowledge thing. If you want your children to grow up in the Lord, Christianity is caught more than it's taught. If it was taught, then Jesus would have gotten a bunch of theologians instead of a couple of fishermen to to be his apostles.
0: Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.